Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the surprising history of how they came to be. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. All right, well, today I have yet another confession to make. No, it's not quite as embarrassing as my love for toilet paper, but it is perhaps unpopular. I love pigeons. I just do. And I know I'm not alone because there was an entire movie made about the majesty of pigeons, with Will Smith and Tom Holland, no less. So there's some credibility here. I just think that they're great. And to be quite honest, part of me loves them because people hate them. You know, those flying rats of the sky? You gotta balance the universe out somehow. I think the first twinges of pitiful love for the feathered bird that I felt was actually in an underground station in Frankfurt, Germany. There was a peg-legged pigeon, and it was hopping around on the ground. Its companions were flying around the station and looked as if they had never made it above ground and seen actual sunlight. And it was then and there that I decided I could love the one-legged little birds. I've run into them everywhere over the years, especially in cities. Once on a train into London, it was about four o'clock in the morning, and my brother and I were on our way to an early morning flight. The train was practically empty, with the only other passengers being about five or six cars away. Well, almost. A pigeon strutted down the train as the train took off and began to move. Eventually, it took flight and flew back and forth a little bit along the length of the quickly moving train. With the combined speed of the train and its flight, I mean, that could have been one of the fastest moving pigeons in history. Probably not, but maybe. It was, you know, just on its way into central London for the daily commute. No biggie. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't love them when they poop on my car or on my shirt as I'm sitting on a roller coaster that's about to take off and go at about 75 miles an hour with the bird poop slowly pressing further and further into my shirt as it took off. Not to mention any particular experience. Not like, yeah, that did really happen. It's really nasty. But still, pigeons can be pretty great. So let's take a moment of gratitude for pigeons. Those watchbirds of the city skies are friendly tourist attractions for Times Square and any other very large square in any city of the world. And just for a fun fact, in New York City, there's about one pigeon for every two New Yorkers, which works out to be about four million pigeons. They have large numbers, so uh, let's make friends, right? All right, so it turns out that domesticated pigeons came from rock pigeons. Rock pigeons themselves are the oldest domesticated bird known to man. Cuneiform tablets of ancient Mesopotamia mention the domesticated birds, making it a 5,000-year-old relationship between mankind and the pigeon. In fact, the friendship actually goes even further back, as other research suggests that pigeons were domesticated as early as 10,000 years ago. So make that a 10,000-year-old friendship. A lot of that friendship meant that the pigeons saw a lot of the battlefield. Carrier pigeons were also nicknamed war pigeons and were vital for communication along the battlefront. Some pigeons have even been decorated with medals of honor. Medals such as the Croix de Guerre, which was awarded to Cher Ami. The Dickin Medal has been awarded to Pigeon G.I. Joe and to Patty. 32 more pigeons have also received medals and honors for saving lives during wars. Has your interest peaked? Mine was. Let's learn a little bit more about their stories. And by the way, if you ever wanted to see a regal-looking pigeon, look up a photo of G.I. Joe. He looks like a proper king in his picture. Cher Ami, Cher Ami, which means dear friend in French, was awarded the Croix de Guerre, and let me tell you, I think she earned it. 
In World War I, on her way back, carrying messages across enemy lines, Cher Ami was shot in the chest and the leg, and she lost most of her leg. It happened to be the leg with the message on it. But despite the bullet wounds, Cher Ami finished her flight, flying for another 25 minutes. She faced shrapnel, more bullets, and poisonous gas along the way, but she made it, and French and American soldiers' lives were saved because of her efforts. G.I. Joe was a member of the United States Army Pigeon Service. These pigeons were used during World War I and World War II. Did you know that the U.S. had an Army Pigeon Service? I had no clue, and I'm ever so delighted, and I want to know what that emblem and uniform looks like immediately. G.I. Joe got his medal by flying 20 miles in 20 minutes in order to stop a planned bombing on Allied forces. They were accidentally going to hit their own people, and the pigeon went and saved all of those lives. Pretty impressive. Paddy was awarded his Medal of Honor for being the first pigeon back to England to deliver the happy news of a successful D-Day. He was an Irish pigeon, the only one to ever be awarded a medal, and it was all due to the 230 miles he flew across the English Channel in 4 hours and 50 minutes. Not bad. On the topic of carrier pigeons, then, let's talk about how long they've been around. Turns out that a lot of carrier pigeons have been used in war and military tactics and communications for hundreds of years. And not just military tactics. It's speculated that the incredibly wealthy Rothschild family made their fortune in the 1800s due to their ability to quickly communicate using carrier pigeons. These pigeons could sometimes arrive hours earlier than messages delivered by train, and they could even get there faster by telegram, because in the early days of telegram, the lines were often disrupted or not complete everywhere that they were needed. But back to the military. Genghis Khan used pigeon posts throughout his conquest across Asia and Eastern Europe. Charlemagne also considered the birds key for communications and prohibited pigeon raising and made it so that it was only available to nobility. Remember the Rothschild family? While it's also said that their pigeons were the ones that brought the news of the English victory at Waterloo. During the Siege of Paris, pigeons were also instrumental. Later, Germans attempted to up the ante with pigeon usage in the beginning of World War I by strapping cameras onto the bellies of their pigeons to photograph the landscape. This was later stopped when reconnaissance planes came around. France, however, not to be outdone, dispatched some 30,000 pigeons during the First World War. Stopping a pigeon's progress was a serious problem, and so had a serious consequence. If you stopped a pigeon's progress in France, you could be sentenced to death. During the First World War, pigeons were kept on board ships in case U-boats would attack. If a ship was attacked and began to sink, the details of the ship's location would be released with a messenger pigeon. This led to saving many lives. One could also call the pigeon's pervasive history with military communications during wartime somewhat ironic, as pigeons also happen to be, scientifically speaking, in the same family as doves. And depending on your religious persuasion, doves are a symbol of peace. The word pigeon derives from French lineage, whereas the word dove came from Nordic languages. And even though both reference the same bird or family of bird. The main differences that are considered are usually that doves are a bit smaller and, well, you know, there's the color the doves are usually white, even though they're technically from the same family. So doves and pigeons are from the Columbidae family. And it seems that the whole family is ready to take on the questions of war and peace. 
And Christianity does play some key pivotal roles, both as messengers of the receding of the great flood of the Bible to Noah and his family in the ark, as well as a symbolic representation of the Holy Spirit when Christ was baptized. Doves, or pigeons, are revered in India as well. In fact, many of the species are fed daily at Hindu temples. Some believe that when they die, our spirits reincarnate into birds, typically pigeons. And so by feeding the birds, we are feeding the souls of our deceased ancestors. Some Sikhs also believe that when they reincarnate, they will never suffer hunger if they have fed pigeons. Others feed pigeons in order to honor Guru Gobind Singh, who was a high priest and was also known for being particularly friendly towards pigeons. Carrier pigeons have been used and trained for the purpose of sending messages for thousands of years. However, the first large-scale version of pigeon usage for communication that we know of is found in the 5th century BC in Syria and Persia. Later, in the 12th century AD, Baghdad was connected to larger towns and cities in Egypt and Syria through a huge network of carrier pigeons. In ancient Rome, Romans used carrier pigeons to announce the results of sporting events, and the Greeks also used pigeons to relay the results of the Olympic Games. This is why we still release doves at the beginning of the Olympic Games. The English would even take pigeons to football matches in order to send out the results of the game at the end of the match. Although much of our usage for carrier pigeons, at least for the military, was put to rest by about World War II with new inventions and technology, the last pigeon postal service to retire was actually in India, and it wasn't retired until 2004. So we've used them for a long time, but how do they do it? How do pigeons or doves find their way home? Well, science hasn't completely cracked this nut yet, but we have a few ideas. Some studies have shown that pigeons use landmarks. A 10-year study from Oxford found that pigeons follow roadways and even change directions at intersections. Other theories suggest that pigeons can navigate using the Earth's magnetic field. This is due to little magnetic tissues in their head. Others think that pigeons have compass sense, which allows them to navigate based on their location relative to the sun and the stars. Still others suggest that pigeons use their ability to hear low-frequency seismic waves to help navigate. This means pigeons can hear far-off thunderstorms and even distant volcanoes. Another theory is that their ability to navigate is some kind of combination of all of these elements, primarily because other studies have shown that even when you disrupt the magnetic senses or change other things around, pigeons can still find their way home. Pigeons can fly at the speed of 77.6 miles an hour, and the fastest speed on record is 92.5 miles an hour. If a pigeon wants to get home in time for dinner, they will get there. They can fly as high as 6,000 feet, and studies have shown that if you take a pigeon 1,300 miles away from their home, even if you spin the cart around and disorient them, they can still find their way back. Some of the fastest pigeons can be released 400 to 600 miles from home and make it back the same day. However, there was one incident involving 60,000 pigeons on a race in England, most of whom never made it back home. One theory suggests that a sonic boom made by the Concorde, which happened to be flying over the English Channel at the same time, disoriented the birds and kept them from making their way home. Pigeons are some of the most intelligent birds out there. They are some of the only animals and the only birds that can recognize themselves in mirrors. There are only five other species that can do that, and pigeons are the only ones that aren't mammals. They can be trained to recognize all 26 letters of the English alphabet, although none of them are writing books yet. They have also been trained to spot cancer in x-rays, differentiate between people and faces, 
And in a famous 1995 study by Watanabe, Sakamoto, and Wakita, they discovered that pigeons can even tell the difference between cubist and impressionist paintings. No word yet on what they actually think of the paintings themselves, though. Pigeons have more recently been trained to spot lost sailors at sea. They're even more effective than humans at this because they can see all the colors that humans can see, as well as the ultraviolet spectrum. At one point, pigeon guano, also known as, well, pigeon poop, was a hot commodity in many societies, including England. The pigeon guano was thought to be a better fertilizer than anything that could be found on farms. However, these days, while pigeons aren't necessarily huge transmitters of disease and are fairly clean, well, okay, hang on, back up. To be quite frank, in my research, I heard it both ways. I heard they were clean, I heard they were dirty, so I'm not entirely sure. I like to think they might be clean, and if you want to think they're dirty, you can think they're dirty because I've heard it both ways. I couldn't tell. Regardless, you do want to stay away from pigeon guano and too much contact with pigeon feathers as some pigeon enthusiasts do contract a few diseases from overexposure to these. Speaking of pigeon enthusiasts, here are a few famous ones. Nikola Tesla. He had a very special connection with his pigeon, and some would even say he loved her. Queen Elizabeth also has a large selection of pigeons and pigeon keepers in her estate in Sandringham, Norfolk. Elvis Presley and Mike Tyson were both pigeon keepers and admirers. Even Maurizio Gucci is known for keeping pigeons. It's rumored he once spent $10,000 on an American pigeon. Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward were also said to have kept pigeons. Pigeon enthusiasts are called pigeon fanciers. Some will breed specific birds for their colors and beauty, and it's actually quite a hot commodity. One pigeon was sold for $73,800 US dollars. But actually, scratch that, that record was recently broken when a racing pigeon was sold for $132,517 US dollars. As far as the pigeons themselves go, here are a few facts. Pigeons tend to mate for life although there are a few exceptions. They also tend to live in flocks of between 50 and 400 birds. When eggs are in the house, both the male and the female pigeon take turns tending to the egg. Both can even produce a pseudo-milk called pigeon milk for their young. Baby pigeons, called squabs, are also known to take a few months to leave the nest, usually about two months. This is unusual for birds. Usually they leave the nest at about one to two weeks. This does mean, however, that for the squabs, their chances of survival are greater. The natural enemies of the pigeons are hawks and falcons. Pigeons were originally called rock pigeons because they dwelt in rocky cliffsides. Peregrine falcons, who would also dwell in cliffsides, would hunt for pigeons. Some pigeon enthusiasts have gone so far as to hunt the endangered predators, which is not ideal and is actually illegal. In an effort to control pigeon population in urban areas, however, some cities have introduced peregrine falcons into the area. These falcons live on tall skyscrapers and dive bomb for their prey. The world over, there are about 250 known species of pigeons, and about two-thirds of them live in Southeast Asia, Australia, and the Western Pacific Islands. There are others in Africa, South America, Eurasia, and North America, however, as well. They're just about everywhere, except for the coldest areas, which I totally get. I'm not too keen on the cold myself. So it turns out that these little birds have done rather a lot for us, from keeping the world connected for thousands of years and making the way for communication between cities to saving lives and being important in many religion. These cliff dwellers turned city dwellers are actually pretty great. That, and I mean the way they bob their heads when they walk, I love it. Turns out that that bobbing of the head is actually due to the way that their eyes work. The head bobbing allows them to orient themselves to their surroundings and gives them depth perception. 
and basically I just love them. So there you go. You can still dislike pigeons. Totally fine. If that's how you felt before this podcast and now after this podcast, all is well. No worries. I mean, if you were perhaps so unfortunate as to have breadcrumbs sprinkled on you in a public square and were thereafter covered by birds, I mean, that would be terrifying. I totally get that. Or maybe now you can like them just a little bit. Either way, we can chalk pigeons up to being one of mankind's best friends for the last 10,000 years or so. Bird poop and all. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you have a great week.